Welcome to another episode of the Find You Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Pinkham. Man, if this wasn't a great time for this topic to kind of come up in uh, the podcasting schedule that's in my head. <laughs> so last week when I was recording the episode on prepping for the Bacon Beatdown, which is a CrossFit competition I'm doing this summer, at the time, all the gyms in Florida were still open. And since then, the governor has mandated that all gyms shut down. And I'm, you know, I've noticed that that's happening in a lot of states, and that's because of the coronavirus. And, you know, while that's for the best, of course, this is a tricky time for people that tend to work out a lot or, you know, go to the gym and do their classes or, you know, are personal being personal trained by someone. And in today's episode, I want to talk a lot about a bunch of different styles of trainings that we can do from things like AMRAPs to Tabatas to EMOMs that really a lot of people don't utilize. And I didn't even utilize until I entered the CrossFit realm. But if I would have known about these things when I was doing more bodybuilding-esque workouts, I swear it would have made it so much more fun to do some of these things. Now, before we really get into it today, you know, there's one thing that I got to let you guys know. There's not going to be one method or style of training that's going to be best or that will elicit the most gains. None of these are, none of these are going to be effective unless you know what the intended stimulus is. And to be honest, that just takes a lot of practice to understand it. So I hope you guys sit, or sit back and enjoy this episode. I know you guys don't have much to do. So after you listen to this one, go back and listen to last week's and the weeks before if you haven't listened to those yet. And enjoy. So I made an Instagram post the other day. If you don't follow me or, you know, stay in tune with everything, go check it out. It's at Lee Pinkham on Instagram. And I made a post about, you know, kind of my initial thoughts when they shut the gyms down. And honestly, guys, at first I kind of freaked out. And I honestly don't know the longest time that I've gone without picking up like a barbell uh, or even just exercise in general. And you know, when I had a little freak out, you know, mentally at first, I quickly had a, a reality check with myself and say and kind of told myself, man, I really shouldn't be too attached to anything. And I should be able to, you know, branch off and not use a barbell for a little bit uh, if the situations don't allow for it. And so while I did kind of freak out at first, uh, luckily, the gym that I go to CrossFit 386 in Port Orange, Florida, you know, they let us check out a few pieces of equipment and I picked up a dumbbell and a box and a rower. And I realized that there's so much you can do with those three things alone. And honestly, there's so much that you can do without those three things. And, and a lot of those things are surrounded, uh, you know, are involved with like things like AMRAPs or EMOMs or supersets and interval training. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. And so I think this is the perfect time for this for this podcast to go live. And I know a lot of people are maybe freaking out a little bit. They don't know what they're going to do or they're going to fall off of their or their gym schedule or they're worried that they're going to fall off of it. And I kind of want to let you guys know that, hey, this is still in your control. I mean, you have the time of the day to work out, to do something. Of course, you don't have someone yelling in your face telling you to do a better job in you know, a friendly way, of course, or someone kind of motivating you or your friends motivating you beside you necessarily, but it's still possible. And you know, you have to remember the bigger picture of why you fitness in the first place. And 
with that, let's uh, start this one off with a quote. <clears throat> of course, it's fitting. Do anything, but let it produce joy. I think every single one of us can agree with that quote. But how come every single one of us don't practice it? Just some food for thought for you guys. I really want to take that quote, though, and steer it towards our fitness and training. What allows you to get to the gym every day? Of course, the progress, right? That's a big factor in there. Uh, being healthy and active too, right? But if the gym was dreadfully boring, would you still go? I doubt it, right? So for the people like me that can go to the gym six days a week and we can do it because it's fun and rewarding all at the same time, we understand that what we're doing is great for us now and in the long run. And when it gets boring, we know how to spice it up and make it fun. Now, my definition of fun for the longest time was your traditional, hey, let's do three sets of 10 uh, repetitions with some rest in between. It would get real fun when I would throw in a superset here and there, which is where you do one exercise, let's say like a bicep curl, and then go straight into a tricep extension with no rest in between the two movements. And you know, then we have things like AMRAPs, EMOMs, and interval and Tabata training on top of that. But honestly, admittedly, I, I never really knew about any of those things until I started CrossFit. But that does not mean that it's only a CrossFit thing. I just was never introduced to any of those things before. Or if I was, I considered it more untraditional. Therefore, because it was untraditional, it was dumb and probably ineffective. And that's a stupid, poor way of thinking. But that was my mindset then. When I started personal training clients, I realized that the majority of my clients didn't work out on their own because they found it to be pretty boring. They do a set of 10 on a machine. They'd rest 45 seconds and do it again. <laughs> then they were seeking out a trainer. When I started training them, I would do the same thing. I remember so many times when I was first starting out that I would get them to do some sort of accessory exercise. You know, they would do their set. And then we just sit there for 45 seconds and then I'd have to fill the void with conversation. And that's pretty dreadful if you ask me. Not talking about the process of one set and then rest. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that is important, especially for big compound movements where technique is incredibly important and it shouldn't be placed on a clock, but rather when you are ready, unless your intended stimulus is something different. That would be something like moving well under fatigue or something like that, which is something we commonly see in CrossFit. And, and obviously, we shouldn't rush when we are doing any like corrective exercises, as that's not the intended stimulus. And see how that word is popping up a lot? Get used to it. I'm going to probably bleed, make your ears bleed saying uh, intended stimulus today. So I'm not trying to say that the traditional three sets of 10 is more or less effective than something else. It really just depends on that intended stimulus. If you're aiming to build pure, raw strength onto your squat, then you should definitely rest enough between sets. I'm talking two, three minutes. And, you know, you're doing low repetitions if you're trying to do that. So you're doing reps of anywhere from one to five. If you're, and trying to, if you're trying to improve, like, your squat under fatigue, then maybe you cut the rest time down to every 60 seconds or something like that. And, and this is where a lot of people get really angry. I'm kind of going off topic a little bit, but it makes sense in the long run. So a lot of people get angry at this uh, whole moving under fatigue kind of thing, as, as we shouldn't do complicated movements under fatigue. And honestly, I sort of agree with that. 
But if your intended stimulus is to cycle an overhead press under fatigue, then the weight needs to be something that will elicit that change while still keeping your technique on point. And that is really hard to gauge. And it takes a lot of practice to kind of figure out what that number is that you can do while you're tired. Let's say like a strict press. What, what is that number I can do while I'm tired, but I can still maintain perfect technique? And it's hard to find that. And that's why you get coaching or you evaluate your workouts and you write them down, you lock how you feel. And it's a long process. Once I started CrossFit, I was I was really introduced to the world of AMRAPs and EMOMs and for time. Now, if you haven't heard the term AMRAP before, it stands for as many rounds or as many reps as possible. And EMOM stands for, and that's EMOM, E-M-O-M. It stands for every minute on the minute. I quickly began to understand the value of these training styles from a trainer's standpoint. First of all, it made the workouts so much more fun for the majority of my clients. It introduced like a cardiovascular component to our weight training, which they all needed, but within that hour session that I had with them. And that cardiovascular component wasn't always possible to do within an hour session that I had with them. If I wanted to focus on strength, but you know, in my head at the time, cardio was, hey, go sit on the, uh, you know, treadmill or go walk, run on the treadmill for 10 minutes, I would, that would be something I would prefer them to do when I wasn't training them because you can kind of do that on your own. Now, when it came to the weight training and adding this uh, cardiovascular component uh, via AMRAPs and EMOMs, uh, of course, when we added that in, now, of course, if their technique started to break down or anything like that, we lowered the weight, Okay. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a given. And a lot of people don't think that, but we would lower the weight just so they can maintain that stimulus that we were looking for. That's honestly what a lot of people don't understand when it comes to CrossFit. If your technique breaks down, whether it be in a strength portion of a workout or the, like the Metcon, you know, like the conditioning piece, uh, of that you see, uh, on, you know, when you watch a video of CrossFit, if their techniques breaking down, you know, all things are void. The intended stimulus is always paired with having perfect technique. And things like AMRAP specifically, uh, like as many rounds as possible, was awesome. Let's say I had a client and I did a workout with them that was 10 minutes long. In that 10 minutes, they had to do 10 air squats, 10 bicep curls, and 10 of those like captain chair knee raises. Their goal was to do as many rounds as possible of those three things within that 10 minutes. Next thing you know, they have done 50 reps of each. Now, they had a goal they were trying to reach, which is as many rounds as possible while maintaining good form, of course, and basically did five sets of 10 of everything. And in my opinion, you know, doing five sets of 10 of those things, of those five things, or three things, sorry, is probably not as fun or as exciting as the 10-minute AMRAP. But that's going to depend on the person, of course. You can take that very same workout and do like a four-time version of it. So let's say you wanted to do five rounds for time of that very same workout, 10 air squats, 10 bicep curls, and 10 captain chair knee raises. So you're going to go five rounds for time. The goal is for that workout to finish five rounds of squats, the bicep curls, and the knee raises as fast as possible. Now, the stipulation with that 
is always and forever to maintaining good technique. If the technique breaks down, let's say on your air squat and you're not squatting below parallel with good technique, then uh, we're going to modify the movement. We're going to either do less repetitions. We're either going to put a box and you're going to do box squats instead. Uh, or, you know, we're going to take that movement out of the workout if it's really bad and focus on it solely, uh, which if it's a beginner client, that's what we would do. So when you do something like that for time, opposed to like a 10 minute AMRAP, you know, they may finish those five rounds in eight minutes. Now, the difference is, and this is the this is the beauty of it, is let's say they did that four time workout, they finished it in five, they finished five rounds in eight minutes. But when they did it, the 10, 10 minute AMRAP version, they only did five total rounds. Now, it's wild how little differences like what style of workout you do makes such a huge difference in someone's performance. Now, my favorite way personally to, and this is more for my training, but anyone can do it, obviously. My favorite way to alter like training styles is the use of those EMOMs every minute on the minute. I think it's one of the best ways to mix it up. So the way that this is set up is that you set a time limit for your EMOM. Let's say in like a 15 minute EMOM. And if you have three movements, like we've been doing, then you would do 10 air squats at the start of the clock, aka, you know, double zero. And once you completed your 10 air squats, you would rest until the clock hits one. Then, then after that, you do your 10 bicep curls and rest until the two minute mark. Then when the clock hits two, you'll do your 10 knee raises and you'll rest until the three. Then at three, you'll start back over with the air squats. This is probably one of my favorite ways to do things like cardio and gymnastics skill training. Mentally, it also sounds so much more doable too. What I'll do with like gymnastics is something, and actually I've, and, and because of, you know, this coronavirus and having to get super creative with a lot of things, you know, these are some that I've done this week, but they're also stupid. Like I do these all the time because I love them. It makes it go by so much, so much faster and it's just as efficient. So what I'll do is something like uh, on Tuesday, actually, or sorry, no, on Wednesday of this week, I actually did a 15 minute EMOM. So every minute on the minute, and I did six strict pull-ups. So as the, when the clock started at double zero, I did six strict. And then that minute one, I did six more. I did that all the way up to 15. And at the, at the end of 15 minutes, I've totaled over 90 strict pull-ups. Now, if you would have told me to do 90 strict pull-ups, like, hey, Lee, go do uh, 10 sets of nine strict pull-ups, I'd be like, holy crap. Or if you told me to do 15 sets of six, I'd be like, are you serious? That sounds so miserable. You know, and it's, it, and, it, and honestly, it sounds pretty boring, right? <laughs> but that's the, that's the beauty of the EMOM, is that it makes things like that, you know, so much more doable, in my opinion. And you can take things like pull-ups and do that same thing for push-ups. So every minute on the minute for 10 minutes, I'm going to do five push-ups or I'm going to do 10 push-ups. And next thing you know, at the end of 10 minutes, you've done 100 push-ups or you've done 50 push-ups or whatever that number is for you. Now, finding that number is, is pretty difficult. And it takes practice. It takes some failure. Uh, what I like to do is I, I like to commit to a number from the get-go. So it's really easy mentally to tell yourself, Oh, you know, I'm going from, sorry, I'm going from, 
I'm going to do six every minute. And then you do the first two minutes of strict pull-ups and you're like, actually, I'm going to go down to three. I can't handle the six. I would say confidently, you know, it, and it does take some practice. And I'd be lying if I said I haven't modified it and done that before. Uh, but you want to be in a situation where you pick that number and you stick to it whether it be super challenging or not. And that's just a test of kind of your mental strength as well as your physical strength as well. So that's just some examples I do for gymnastics. And as far as, and as far as cardio goes, you know, that can be pretty boring to a lot of people. I personally, I love, love, love long bouts of just grindy. It's all in your head type of cardio. This is like when you're stuck on a rower or a bike, or you're just running for a long period of time. I, I feel like personally, it's super stress relieving and, and I can just get into my own thoughts for it all. But a strategy I do utilize for cardio is, is EMOMs. One I did, did just a few weeks ago at um, my CrossFit box was a 30 minute EMOM. And in the first minute, we did 15 calories on the rower. And in the second minute, we did 15 burpees. So you did those two things back and forth for 30 minutes. Now, like I was just saying with the pull-ups and the numbers, you know, I did 15 calories uh, every minute. I did that for 15 rounds because 30 divided by two is 15. You know, that number isn't what everyone needs to do. Uh, a lot of people did pick a much lower number and they modified it to 10 or nine or depending on their level, you know, five, it doesn't matter. Uh, but you pick something and you kind of stick to it. And a lot of people get kind of turned off to CrossFit because they're like, well, you know, Becky, who's a, a stay at home mom and doesn't, you know, it only works out at the CrossFit class, can't stick with the 15 burpees. And it's like, dude, she doesn't have to do that. She can modify it however she wants to to get that intended stimulus, which is this should take about 40 seconds of your time and give you 20 seconds of rest. And you should be able to just to go for 30 minutes. So, you know, I, there's so many, uh, so many scenarios like that, uh, that that becomes relevant. But by doing this, uh, you know, minute one of 15 calorie row and minute two of 15 burpees, you know, I did so much without even realizing it. Uh, so by doing 15 rounds of 15 calories on the rower and 15 rounds of uh, 15 burpees, I totaled out to 225 calories on the rower. And 225 burpees in that 30-minute span. And this is kind of taking it back to that 10 sets of 9 thing that I was just talking about. If you would have told me to do 225 burpees within 30 minutes, I would have laughed right at your face. <laughs> and, and imagine that. Imagine that I'm your coach or I'm your trainer and I'm saying, hey, we've got a 30-minute clock. What I want you to do is just 225 burpees and that'll be your workout for today. You would probably give me the fingers, say some dirty things and uh, not do that, right? But if I told you, hey, we're going to do a 30-minute EMOM and minute one, we're going to get on that rower or let's say we're at home. We're going to get on to, uh, we're going to do, let's say like V-ups. We're going to do five V-ups and then minute two, you're going to give me 15 burpees or 10 burpees. That, and, and then minute three, you go back to the V-ups. Minute four, back to the burpees. You'd be like, okay, I can do that. And yeah, sure, it's a little deceiving. It's a little tricky. If you do the math in your head, you find out that you're about to do 200 burpees, 225 burpees. You know, you, you might uh, catch on pretty fast. But I guarantee you it's a lot more fun to do it that way than just to say, hey, give me 225 burpees uh, in the next 30 minutes right now. <laughs> and, you know, 
things like these imams, it, it can be, you can even change it to where it's not just every minute on the minute, but you can do every two minutes on the minute or every three minutes on the minute and combine some movements or vary it in another way. There's a ton of options with it. You can do something like every five minutes, sprint a 400 meter uh, run or something like every three minutes, run a four, just run a 400 meter uh, or keep your work to rest ratio one to one. So that's where you, if you run a 400 meter uh, run in two minutes, then you rest for two minutes and you do it again for three or four rounds. There's so many different types of options with this. Uh, you know, there's one that, man, I do, I love imams. I, I do them honestly all the time. It's an easy way just to build up your, build up your engine or do the boring, you know, what they call in a lot of places, they call it bitch work to, to do all these boring things and just make it in a more fun manner. And so while you're at home trying to figure out what to do, or and, and instead of dropping down and doing five sets of 10 push-ups, set a clock and stick to the clock and see if you can do it and stick and stick to the clock. And I guarantee you that mental challenge, well, the clock just hit minute one, like it's time to go, or just hit minute two, you're not gonna like stare at the clock and be like, eh, I'll just go at three. Because when you do five sets of 10 of something, you just kind of like, Oh, it's been a minute. And then you pull out your phone, you get on Instagram, you scroll through, scroll through. Next thing you know, it's been two minutes. It's been three minutes. And, uh, you know, I'll do my next set. And it's like, you know, are you really being effective with your time? Are you really doing, you know, the most that you can possibly do? And it's all right if that's like your preferred method, if that's what gets you your workout in. But it's just it's just another way to look at it. And especially in these times when, you know, I, I have a uh, last side tangent right here. I'll get back to it. But um, I'm a part of a forum. Uh, I love the Mind Pump podcast. If you guys don't listen to it, you really should. It's a great podcast. Uh, I've been listening to them since uh, their first ever ep- episode. And now they're on like 1,200 or something like that. Uh, but the the ironic thing is, is they don't like CrossFit. And they have a private forum. I joined it, I joined it probably four years ago, even way before I started CrossFit. And a lot of people talk shit about it. And it's it's... You have to be able to take it with a grain of salt when you read these things because, you know, about 99% of uh, everyone's opinions are just misinformed. But, you know, with this whole virus thing going around, you know, people in the forum are posting like their at-home workouts. And I look at them and I'm like, you know, there's not much to separating what you're about to do from CrossFit, but that's not really the point of this. But I saw one, he was doing 50 push-ups, he was doing 50 uh, rows with like two dumbbells or something like that. And he was like, Hey, how does this look? I'm going to do this for the next five days for, you know, two weeks and reevaluate, see how it goes. And I was like, man, I was like, to be honest with you, uh, like, you know, if you prefer to do it this way, do it this way. I said, however, something I would probably do is take that 50 numbers of each and put it into a 10 minute EMOM. And I would do, you know, 10 in the first 10 pushups in the first minute. And I would do 10 rows in the second, alternate back and forth. There's a 10 minute workout. It's going to keep you loyal, keep you honest. Next thing you know, you've totaled up to 50 reps. And, uh, you know, I said that in an obviously very nice way. And his comment back was, what's an imam? <laughs> I was like, man, I guess a lot of people aren't exposed to this. And, and that was part of the fuel for this podcast as well. Uh, it, it, <laughs> It's uh, it's not something that's seen in the in the bodybuilding powerlifting realm as much, or it's not utilized. And I think more people should use it. Uh, it's it's just too good not to use. And 
of course, it's now's the perfect time because you don't have access to, you know, your routine is already off of what it has been. And so, you know, now's the time to try little things like this and, and just see how you like it. So another style of training I want to get into is uh, called interval training. Uh, actually, before I get into that, I had one, one last uh, imam uh, remark I want to make before we get into interval training. Uh, I promise. I just love imams so much. But one thing I do with imams is I work on weaknesses. So I, one of my biggest, my weakest lift or uh, gymnastic movements are strict or kipping handstand pushups. And something I can easily do with that is uh, I, I just did it two weeks ago. I remember uh, it was uh, every minute on the minute for 10 minutes was three strict handstand pushups. And three strict handstand pushups, I can do about 10 max unbroken, but uh, I hit a wall pretty quick when it comes to strict handstand pushups. And so by doing like three sets or three reps every minute on the minute for 10 minutes, next thing you know, I've totaled out to 30 reps. I'm working on a weakness. I'm staying, I'm just focusing on that skill alone because I'm, you know, I'm not putting in other movements. I'm not doing it in a Metcon or anything like that. Uh, And so it's a great opportunity to work on those weaknesses like that. So interval training. Let's do this. It's one. It's another one of my favorites to utilize. You know, this one is really dependent on the stimulus that you're trying to chase. Most of the time, it has something to do with sprinting. Interval training does. You know, where I'd see it pop up in my training now would be a piece where the intended stimulus is to sprint and then hold on for dear life because you're going to have about three minutes of rest afterwards or something you know, a little like that. And it's a really a great test to find what you're true maximum effort is and then seeing if you can hold on to that (laughs) and then can you consistently repeat that and not be burnt out in in the rounds to come and something that i recently did uh with my friend amanda at our crossfit gym was an ascending ladder of burpee box jump overs and double unders with the jump rope so the burpee box jump over is exactly what it sounds like it's a burpee and then you jump over, jump onto a box and over to the other side, do another burpee, come back. And then a double under, if you haven't heard of that, it's uh, with a jump rope, you just, instead of single unders where the rep just comes comes under you once, it comes out under you twice. So that's a double under. So the way that this workout was structured, it was a AMRAP, so as many rounds as possible or as many reps as possible for four minutes for four rounds. And there was two minutes of rest between each round And the movements was 20 double unders and three burpee box jump overs. But you added 10 double unders and two burpee box jump overs every time. So once you completed, so let's say I started round one. Once you completed the 20 dubs, 20 double unders, and the three burpee box jump overs, then you would do 30 double unders and five burpee box jump overs. And so on until the four minutes is up. Once you finish that round of four minutes, you rested two minutes, and then you did it again, starting starting back at the top of the 20 double unders and the three burpee box jump overs. It's a really clever scheme, and with the numbers being so low, you can't help but push yourself each time because it's only three reps of burpee box jump overs. It's only five reps of burpee box jump overs or seven or nine, so you can push through it. You're only working for four minutes at a time. Well... While every round is a sprint, you have to be able to repeat around, you know, around about that score every single round. 
So if your numbers are dropping significantly, then you don't really have a good idea on how to pace what your sprinting pace is, if that makes sense. And things like this has a lot of carryover to CrossFit as a lot of competitions are, are of course, about who can do something the fastest. But to be the fastest, you have to understand how to pace yourself. And of course, you want to be able to move as fast as you can without burning out too early. So there's a balance to be had here. And you can only find that out by practicing it like, I don't know, a billion times to, to learn your body and its capabilities. It's pretty cool stuff if you ask me. And, and that brings up another one, another modality that I'm a huge fan of. Uh, and, and I even utilized in my bodybuilding days. And, and that's the ascending and descending ladders. I swear a lot of this is in your head because you know that you need to increase the weight if you're going down in reps. So it's like a constant challenge. My favorite scheme of this is, is my more bodybuilding days. Uh, in my more bodybuilding days was like that was eight, six, four, two, and then 20 or 12, 10, eight, 20. Increase the weight every round because there's no excuse not to, you know, and get the gains. And even if it's more aerobic driven, think about the ascending ladder on that burpee box jump overs I was telling you about. So every round of the four that I completed, uh, of the four minute AMRAP, I completed the nine burpee box jump overs. So I got all the way to there. And, you know, it really doesn't sound like much. I, I did the nine, right? But when you add three plus five plus seven plus nine, you get 24. You know, I did that every single round. So you do 24 times four, and that equals 96 burpee box jump overs. Again, if you would have told me, and it's kind of like I was talking about earlier with the EMOMs and the AMRAPs and really everything I've talked about, honestly. But if you would have told me to do 100 burpee box jump overs and I had like 20 minutes, to, 16 minutes to do it, I would have told you to go somewhere because uh, I'm not doing that. But in that method, it's so clever. It's such an easy way to, to do this. And another way I'll use the ascending ladders, and I just used it uh, actually just yesterday. And uh, it's a great way, and it's another great way to work on your weaknesses, but it's a great way to kind of figure out what your capacity is or what you need to do to rest in between something, uh, in between sets to be ready to go again. And, you know, most of you don't really need to know what that is, what, you know, what that capacity is. But this is a great way to kind of figure out how many push-ups you can do unbroken or, uh, you know, handstand push-ups or something like that. So the ascending ladder, it was two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, et cetera, et cetera, of uh, handstand push-ups. So basically I would do two and this is all unbroken. So that means I had to do two. Uh, I had to do four. I had to do six in a row. I couldn't come down and one and then do another one at two. And it, it forces you uh, to figure out, well, man, you know, I need about 15 seconds of rest to be able to do two handstand push-ups and then go back straight up and do four more. And then to do four to six, I need about 30 seconds of rest. And you've kind of figure out what those numbers is numbers are and your maximum effort to do that. And you can do the same thing, same exact thing with push-ups. Um, and if the number, if the number jump is too high for you, like two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, guess what? Just do one, two, three, four, five. That's an ascending ladder. That's a great one to do as well. Another popular one that a lot of people like to do is they'll start at 10, they'll go down to 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and then they'll go straight back up. A lot of people will do that with movements like burpees and sit-ups. Or uh, they'll do 10 burpees, they'll run a 200-meter run, they'll come back, do 9 burpees, 200-meter run, 8 burpees, and so on, and so on, and so on. And it just, the volume adds up so quickly, and it's so much more fun than saying, hey, let's just do this. 
225 burpees or whatever the case may be. Since I became aware of all of these different styles and ways to work out, I've become so much more creative with designing workouts. And, you know, when it comes to being creative, it's one thing to be creative and there's one thing to have a purpose behind it. Uh, there's always that intended stimulus that we're aiming for. But for 95% of us, you know, it's got to be fun. And a lot of times, a lot of things like this, they get thrown to the uh, side because it's like, man, is that really effective? And, you know, we can have a debate about what is the most or, or most uh, effective modality of uh, training or um, how many reps is perfect or, you know, what is the ideal rest or all, all that kind of stuff that we're all so curious about when we first get into lifting. Um, but for the majority of us, if we're not planning to, to go to, you know, the next level and whatever you're trying to do, um, you just have to do something that's fun and that you can consistently do week in and week out and uh, enjoy doing it. <laughs> and that's about 95% of the population. And so that's, you know, remember that as you, as you kind of think about this week's app or this week's podcast and, you know, take that, take everything I've said this week and, you know, as you're staying at home in your quarantine um, and as you're catching up on all the episodes of the Finding Fitness podcast, <laughs> um, you know, utilize some of these methods in your in your workouts that you're doing at home. Uh, run an EMOM, run an AMRAP, uh, try it out. See how you like it. If you're struggling to come up with some ideas, I'm posting what my workouts are every single day uh, on Instagram on my story. And you don't have to do exactly what I'm doing. Everything is everything is uh, scalable, and you don't have to do CrossFit to do what I do. A lot of the things, like I like I was mentioning yesterday, doing the uh, handstand push up, the ascending ladder. You know, it was I did one. So it was the two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, etc. And then it was two rounds of that, except it was rest four minutes, and then go into the next round of two, six, four, eight, ten, twelve, etc of strict handstand push-ups. Well, my strict are not that good. So what I did is I modified it and I did one, two, three, four, five until I couldn't, you know, do all the reps in a row. And, uh, you know, I modified it and I made it work. I had a great workout out of, out of it. And so while you're spending this time at home and you're trying to find the motivation to get, you know, working out, utilize some of these things and see what you can come up with. You never know what you can come up with until you try. And I bet you can make it fun for you and some friends or your family or whatever the case may be. And so hopefully out of everything I talked about today, you were able to pull away a few things. And, and number one is just because you've only known a few styles of training in your time, it doesn't mean that you can't utilize others. I'm a great example of that, even if it's not traditional. And, and the second thing, like I've kind of been harping at, is you got to have fun with the training. And if you're training clients, you know, your personal trainer, the same thing applies. Because if it isn't fun, you know, you're not coming back. They're not coming back. And that's not good for anyone involved. So try one of the workouts that I mentioned, you know, or if, if, if none of these sound appealing and you want to try to create your own, but you're stuck, just shoot me a DM. I'll create one for you. We'll work it together. It'll be a ton of fun. I'm excited about it. So listen, guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, leave it a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, if you do, I'll send you a Find You Fitness sticker. It'll be the best thing that you'll get in the mail because you're so bored out of your mind that you want something uh, at a change of pace. So hook me up. And if you do that, 
and you don't leave a comment, I actually can't see who uh, left it. So uh, shoot me a DM and uh, I'll get it right out to you. So until next time, peace out.